Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today, we're going to continue our series on the life of David called The King Before the King. And we are looking at David as a prefigure of Christ, as a godly leader in the midst of a very tumultuous situation. Today, I want to speak to you from the subject, God versus Goliath. God versus Goliath. We're going to be going through the story, infamous story of David and Goliath in, Rome, uh, in a, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to reference uh, Psalm 18 at the end. And, and I want to talk to you about how God will use your faith to release victory, not just for you, but for his people. That God will fight his battles through you if you will allow him to do so. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, right now, we ask for you to come, rest on us, your people, open our minds to your words and our hearts. And I pray right now, God, that you come and you speak, that we are affected and we are changed. In Jesus' name, all God's people, put in the chat, amen, amen, amen. We find David having just been anointed by Samuel, the prophet of Israel, He had gone back into the shepherd's fields and was doing what he did before. His father, Jesse, comes to him and says, David, I want for you to go and bring a care package to your brothers, food for them, for they're on the front lines and they're with Saul and they're facing down the Philistines at the Valley of Elah. So David made preparations, left the sheep with the keeper and he went to where his brothers were to bring food, cheese, crackers for them and And he went to serve them. But when he got there, he ran to the front lines. And he found that the Philistines were on one side, the Israelites were on another side. And here they were set up for battle. And he found out for 40 days, every morning and every evening, this is what they'd been doing. They get fully armored, ready to go. They come up. And in the valley between them, there was a man named Goliath, the champion from Gath, a giant the Philistine leader, and he would stand in the valley and every day he would defy the armies of the living God. Over and over he would curse. Over and over he would mock and he would, he would invite someone to challenge him. And, and, and the Bible tells us that what David saw is every time this guy started speaking, everyone was paralyzed with fear, melted away, their strength left their bones. And David is just, he's not there to fight. He's just there to serve cheese and crackers. You know, it's like he brings some hors d'oeuvres and he's there just trying to see who wants some food. But all of a sudden he hears this sound and he's saying, who, who's talking like this? What I think is so interesting is here we find David in a fight that he didn't ask to be in. He was just simply going to serve. He was just trying to help. He was just trying to do what his dad wanted him to do, representing his father, helping his brothers. He's just a kid. But God had other plans for him. His father had another mission for him that was beyond bringing cheese and crackers. This mission was to represent God before the Philistines, before the Israelites, because no one else would. And David finds himself in a fight that he wasn't looking for, that he didn't ask for, that, 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 um, that no one else would take up. But he knew this 
was his moment. The problem began when Goliath showed up and shouted, the Bible puts it this way, his usual defiance. In other words, this was a cycle. This was repeated over and over. The enemy of God and the enemy of the people began to shout his usual defiance. And because no one said anything, stood up, because they backed down, this became a cycle in the life of the Israelites. Every day they got up, every day they got beat down. Every day they got up, every day they became afraid. They became accustomed not only to losing, they became accustomed to fear. They became accustomed to living in the cycle of fear. They became accustomed to backing down. They became accustomed to being silent. Nobody say anything. Goliath might see that you're the one talking. He might call you out specifically. Nobody step forward. Whoever steps forward, you're the one that's going to have to fight Goliath. They became accustomed to weakness. Yet David had fresh ears. He had fresh eyes. He had a fresh spirit. He wasn't yet accustomed to that. And so God walks a young man with faith into the midst of fearful people. I don't know if this sounds, if this sounds like something you've seen in this last year. But the reality is many people, even in the church, have become accustomed to cycles of fear. Cycles of backing down. Cycles of being silent. Cycles of not shaking the boat. Because there is a Goliath. A Goliath is an antichrist spirit. An enemy of the people of God that just continually shouts against you, against me, against the church. And if we back down, eventually we get used to backing down. But God, he brings his spirit, he brings his man, he brings Jesus, and he brings the spirit that's in you and me into situations. He brings us into proximities of problems so that we could stand and represent him. What I'm saying is, there are going to be moments in your life where you're not searching for a fight, where you're just trying to live simply. I think back to 2017, 2015, we're just living. We're just trying to serve God, get by, but all of a sudden, a fight came to our doorstep. One that we didn't ask for, but certainly one that we will not back down from. Because you're a David. You're in the order of Jesus. As Jesus came and stu stood and took on our fight, he has empowered us with his spirit for us to fight. We are not the brothers of David, paralyzed by fear, continually backing down. No, who are we? We're the ones that God can walk into a, an area where there's a problem and we will, we will stand up as people of faith to represent him. When others shrink back in fear, you Christian are called to step up into faith. And maybe that's why God has put you in the positions he's put you in. You might not have even known that. I mean, David didn't know. He was just walking to see his brothers. He, he was just doing kind of whatever his dad asked him to do. And yet his heavenly father was positioning him for a mighty victory. And, and this is how it works. God has put you in the positions he's put you so that he can lead through you. So that you can represent his voice his strength on planet earth. That's why some of the meetings you're in, you're in there because God wants you to be in those meetings. He wants you to have a voice. Not to be silent, to be paralyzed like the brothers of David, but that you might be in the proximity of a problem to be the voice of righteousness. Some of you are put in areas of influence in your jobs. 
and you're coming to maybe even stressful jobs, you're saying, I didn't ask for this. You didn't ask for this, but God's going to work through this. He's going to back you, but you've got to step up. You've got to use your voice. You might say, oh, I wish I lived in another state. No, you live in the state you live in right now for a purpose and a time and a reason. Not to back down, be filled with fear or silence, but to stand up and be God's righteous representative of the, of, for, for, every, for the state that you live in. You are a missionary to your state. You are a missionary to your region, your culture, your family, your country. You are a David. And just because there's a Goliath does not mean we are going to react like all the other Israelites. Doesn't mean we're going to react like the rest of the countrymen. We are not called to have a spirit of fear. We have a different spirit on us. All of Israel was afraid, but David said, who is this guy? I love David's response. He looks around, he said, who, who's, who is this? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who would dare defy the armies of the Lord? I love David's reaction because he's hearing these threats for the first time and, and, and God wants to use him to fight to reveal the anointing that's on him. Because by the way, the anointing doesn't get revealed without opposition. You don't get elevation without overcoming. And so God's going to use this thing. And David starts looking around and said, who is this guy? And they start telling him, well, that's Goliath. And he's like, why is, why is nobody standing up to this fool? David is baffled at the reactions of those around him. And he doesn't feel that in his heart. He doesn't feel fear. He feels faith. And even if he feels the emotion of fear, he chooses faith. And he starts saying, who, who, do you, who do you think you are? I love it because I think this is a godly reaction. When you hear an oppressive voice, when you hear an antichrist voice, your reaction should be like David's. Hey, who gave this guy the authority to speak to us like that? That doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit. That doesn't sound like the voice of God. Therefore, I'm going to represent the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit. David steps up. David volunteers. I'll do something about this. Of course, his brothers hate that. His brothers are frustrated. They said, what are you doing here? You're just here for the glory. And it's like, what glory? No one's fighting. His brothers can't understand the heart within him. In fact, they say, we know the unrighteousness in your heart. Actually, it was quite the opposite. There was righteousness in his heart. But it's interesting. When you begin to stand up for what's right, there will be an enemy against you. And sometimes even those closest around you won't understand what you're saying. They won't recognize the faith that's within you. What am I saying? I'm saying when you're going to stand to represent God, you have to do it even if you do it alone. Word began to travel through the camp. Whispers started going, hey, there's someone that's willing to stand up. There's, he's willing to stand up against Goliath. It reached Saul. Saul says, bring him in. In walks young David, a youth. Saul says to him, David, you can't fight this guy. He literally says, you are not able to go against this Philistine. You're unable to fight this battle. See, King Saul in this moment is a picture of a spiritless leader. He's got no passion. He's got no fight. He's got no unction. And we know that when David was anointed, the Holy Spirit left Saul and went on David. The Spirit of God wants you to fight the right fights. The Spirit of God 
not only gives you faith, he'll give you courage. But here we see someone who's in a position of leadership, but he's lost his passion. He's lost his love for God. He's lost his sense of victory. And here, now he's trying to project that on everyone else around him. Because Saul feels like he can't fight Goliath, he, he's saying, you can't either. And here, the one that's supposed to be encouraging and leading and lifting up is now projecting his own insecurities. He's projecting his own fears on those that are saying, I'll step up. You, you're not able to do this. Then he starts talking about Goliath. He says, you're, you, you're a youth. He's been fighting since his youth. He knows all about Goliath. Interesting. Interesting that who Saul points to is Goliath, not God. Who he's looking at is Goliath, not God. That's why Saul wasn't motivated to fight himself. He was just obsessed. He was looking at, he was looking at who he would fight, not who would be backing him. And by the way, it should have been Saul fighting this fight. It should have been the leader. You know, it's kind of ironic. When they chose Saul to be the king, one of the reasons they chose him is because he stood head and shoulders above the rest. He was the tallest. So now when the tallest comes up, it should be the tallest versus the tallest. But Saul shrinks back. Why? Because he was chosen for improper reasons. He was chosen for his height and his stature. And God says, you know, now I'm going to reveal what it looks like to be a faith-filled leader. It doesn't look like Saul. It looks like David. So David begins to tell Saul, no, no, I, I think I can fight him. And, and Saul, Saul starts, starts giving the stats of Goliath. In fact, all the people in the camp were given the stats of Goliath. They were talking about his height. They, 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 the, the Bible tells us about the, the, the weight of his armor. And, and how long he's been fighting and how much power he had. Backed by the Philistine army. He had position. They had numbers. He had money. He, 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 he had worth and value. And you know what? On top of all of that, Goliath had a shield bearer. It wasn't just going to be Goliath versus the other person versus David. It was Goliath and a shield bearer versus David. I, I just find this amazing. David didn't have a shield bearer because no one would volunteer. The, the odds couldn't be more stacked against David. And everyone knew it. But I'm here to tell you, great disparities are God's opportunity for his display. Great disparities are really simply opportunity for God's display. In other words, when it looks impossible and God does it, he gets all the glory. It wasn't the tall versus the tall. Saul versus Goliath. No, it was going to be the least likely verse, the, 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 the one that could not be stopped. And yet God was positioning this because God says, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to overcome. What am I speaking about? I'm saying today that God will use your faith to bring victory for many people if you will just stand up. Use your voice. Be a prayer warrior. Be faithful in the church. Be a man or a woman of God. If you will stand alone, that's enough for God. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, you haven't seen Goliath. If God is for us, well, you haven't seen how many people are on his side. If God, well, he's never lost before. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
I want you to apply that, this to your life. Christian, is this true or is this not true? Because the enemy wants to come in and like Saul, highlight all of the things that make you unable. The enemy wants to highlight your lack of. Maybe it's your lack of education. Maybe it's your, the, the, the lack of what you had in your upbringing. Maybe it's your lack of skills or your lack of confidence. The enemy always wants to highlight what you don't have. But if you have God, if God is for you, it doesn't matter if man is against you. It doesn't matter if systems are against you. It doesn't matter if your country won't back you. It doesn't matter if there is strength facing you. If God is for you, who could possibly ever stand against you? True or untrue? If it's true, you got to live like that. If it's true, you got to pray like that. If it's true, you got to speak like that. And you got to act like that. That your actions should pour out of this place, that God is for me. So even if there's the Goliath on the other side of that, I don't know how, but he can't stop me. What makes you unstoppable? Not your upbringing, not your education, not your bank account. What makes you unstoppable? Not the people around you, their encouragement or lack thereof. What makes you unstoppable? If God is for you, you become unstoppable. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how it's going to work out. But I can guarantee you this, that if God's backing you, you're going to win this thing. I want you to, to say this after me. If God wants me, uh, if God wants me to face it, I will face it. And if God wants me to face it, I will win. If God wants you to face it, face it. And if God wants you to face it, you will win. It's not David versus Goliath. It's God versus Goliath. And David knows this. So, so when, when, Samuel, uh, when, when Saul is telling him all this negative stuff, David rehearses God's victories in his life. He rehearses the wins. He tells Saul, the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. I face the lion, I face the bear, and he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. This is the point. Reciting God's faithfulness awakens your faith. Talking about God's goodness, talking about how he's been there before. Those are the things that awakens faith within you to fight the next fight to overcome the next challenge. In Revelation chapter 12, it says, and they conquered, they conquered him, they conquered Satan, they conquered the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives unto death. They conquered by the blood and by the word of their testimony. So your testimony helps you identify the pattern of God's power in your life. It helps you remember the times. I remember when. I remember when this happened, but God showed up. I remember when I thought all was lost, but there he was. See, your testimony identifies the pattern of God showing up in your life. And once you see the pattern, you can almost figure out when's the next hit. When does the pattern repeat? See, what David was doing was he was rehearsing the winds. And as he was, he was not just awakening faith in his own life. He was birthing faith. He was creating faith in the heart of Saul. He says, I faced the lion, I won because of God. I faced the bear, I won because of God. These things were coming after my flock. 
But now Goliath is coming after God's flock. Don't you think the pattern will repeat? That God will deliver him into my hand, not because of me, but because of him. He was reciting his testimony. And as he was, faith was being raised in that place. What if every challenge you ever faced was strengthening you for the next challenge that you were called to face? They, the lion was not sent towards that flock to kill David, nor was the bear. They were sent there to prepare him for Goliath. And in that moment, he recognized it. He understood that the past, when God showed up, is connected to the present, where I need God to show up. He understood that it was the same God that rescued him, and that God would rescue him now. You know, if I could go back to January 2020, if I had a time machine and I could go back there, thought about what I would tell myself. And I think I would say this, Jordan is going to get rough, but this is not the end, it's just a lion. This is not the end, it's just a lion. And you're going to defeat this lion, then there's going to be a bear. And then there's going to be Goliaths in your life, but it's not the end. These things are strengthening you. And today, I can speak to you about the future. In the end, Goliath falls. Stay faithful in your difficult moments. Recount God's victories and know that if God is for you, who can stand against you? You know, maybe you've never thought about your testimony. Maybe you kind of got saved and you grew up in church. I would encourage you, write your testimony down. Share it with some people. Put it in your Bible. Put it somewhere When you get into difficult times, when you see the bear approaching, when you see Goliath shouting, you can go back and you can rehearse the winds in your life, awaken that faith, and go forward with God's strength and power. In cruise this week, I'm hoping that all of our crew leaders give some time so that people at the crew can rehearse their testimonies. I think it'll be an incredible moment when you hear about how God came through in incredible situations, and may there be faith from those testimonies for the times that God still needs to come through. At the end of all of David's stories, Saul, he moves from a place saying, you are unable to saying this. And Saul said to David, he says, go and the Lord will be with you. So awesome. At the beginning of this verse, he says, you are not able to go. You are unable to, uh, to fight Goliath. But at the end, He says this, go and the Lord will be with you. He does a complete turnaround. Why? Because he got told the story and his faith was awakened. Faith changed uh, Saul's perspective. We know know how this story goes. David goes out and he gathers multiple stones to prepare. He, He had a wager going. His wager was, I can find my mark before the enemy can take me out. I think that's a good way to live. He didn't just get one stone, he got multiple. Five smooth stones. Some people have said that's for Goliath and all his brothers. That's an interesting theory, and it may be true. But I think practically, the reason that David didn't just get one stone was he was preparing, he was preparing to persevere. Multiple stones for multiple attempts. What am I saying? I'm saying... Even if the first stone misses, reach in the bag and throw again. Because I think 
Sometimes when we're facing our Goliaths, the antichrist spirits that come against God's people, the church, your life. Sometimes we might say, well, I prayed and nothing happened. Can I encourage you? Reach in your bag, grab another stone, pray again. Some people are looking for a relationship. I went on two dates, nothing happened. That's it. I'm alone for the rest of my life. Try again. Sometimes perseverance is attempting until there's breakthrough. You might say, well, I spoke up. I spoke up. I said the truth. And man, I paid for it. I'm never doing that again. Can I encourage you? If the Goliath isn't down, reach in your bag, throw another stone. Have more faith. Faith on top of faith until you see a breakthrough. I love that David gathered five smooth stones because David was saying, I can take you out before you get to me. And the closer you get, the more accurate I get. I just want to encourage you, even if it seems like the enemy's drawing closer, you still have the word of God. You've got the weapon of prayer, the sword of the spirit. Reach back in and keep slinging and see what God will do. I promise you, Goliaths were made to fall. And fall, Goliath did. The Bible says that as Goliath drew close, the Philistine cursed David by his gods. That's what the voice of the Antichrist does. He cursed David by his gods. See, all of this was God's versus God. You might say, well, I don't even know why I'm being treated this way at work. Or I don't know why I'm going through these things. Sometimes the enemy doesn't so much hate you, but he hates the God that you represent. David Represent that God well, despite the difficulties. Here, Goliath is cursing him by his gods, but David speaks up and he says this, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves. The Lord saves, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David grabs the rock. He releases it. You know the story. It crushes Goliath's head. Before Goliath makes a move, he doesn't get to use the spear, doesn't get to use the sword. He had a shield bearer. Obviously, he didn't hold that shield high enough. In one move, all of Goliath's talk came to an end. Because Goliath is like most bullies. All talk until he's confronted. That's how the spiritual world works as well. The enemy only has authority until you confront. And when you confront, it doesn't matter how big God, uh, how big Goliath is, he's not bigger than God. This was never about David versus Goliath. This was always about Goliath versus God. And when Goliath began to speak against God's people, when he began to speak against David's life, God says, I'm going to back you. David, I'm going to back you, but you got to step up. And that's my encouragement to you today. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Step up, speak up, keep persevering, keep praying. Even if your family members don't understand, even if the leaders around you don't, don't fully get it, tell them your testimony. Recite it to yourself. Keep persevering in the fight. Because God wants to bring a great victory, not just to you, but through you. Let me show you this psalm. Psalm 18 says this, The Lord is my rock. This is what David writes. 
The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. Remember, David had no shield bearer, but he says, the Lord is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The Lord is my rock. It is the stone of salvation that went before David and crushed the head of Goliath. Jesus is the rock of salvation that goes before us, crushes the head of sin, crushes the head of death, and brings victory to us. If God is for us and before us, who can be against us? At the end of this story, David cuts off Goliath's head, holds it up. And you know, the Bible says in that moment, Israel rose with a shout. Israel found its courage when David stepped up. I believe today is an hour where there are Davids in our midst. They go to our churches and they're in different areas of leadership in our nation. They're raising kids. There are many Davids. Maybe even some Davids listening to me right now. And my goal today is to encourage you. God is for you. Even if it looks like no one else around you is doing what you feel called to do. If there's a spirit of wisdom on it, that agrees with the word of God, agrees with your spouse, agree with your pastor, be who you're called to be. Your voice is needed, your strength is needed, your fight is needed. And I believe as you step into godly leadership, it not only will bring victory to you, but it will bring victory to many because of you. In that one moment, all of Israel gained the victory because someone had the faith to step up. I pray that your faith grows even as the challenge grows from lion to bear. May your faith grow and may you see many, many great victories in your life. Even this week, I pray you see a great victory. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.